to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the west coast of the United States, Leah Anaya on the phone. Before we welcome Leah, i got to tell you this. She's a very accomplished person. She is, for lack of better words, editor of Law Enforcement Today. She's one of our writers. She works with the Wounded Blue. She has a children's book. She's a former police officer, and she's a mother. Did I miss anything, Leah? A wife? <laughs> A wife. Well, the, I think the wife might be the easiest part of the whole equation compared to everything else. <laughs> and you were a police officer for, what, about eight years combined? Just just under eight, yes. All right. We'll talk about that in a moment. Before we do that, let's talk about your children's book, the name of it, where people get more information. Okay. It's, um, it's called Policeman Daddy, and um, it's just a little story of a little boy who idolizes his policeman or his daddy, who is a police officer, and uh, it just follows him throughout the day, and he wants to be just like his dad. And he goes to get he gets to visit him at the police department and see what he gets he does all day. Excellent. Where can people get the book? If you go to tactical sixteen dot com, that's the publisher, and it can be ordered on there. Tactical sixteen dot com. Yes. Excellent. And by the way, not to be sexist, because I I've not. You're a perfect example of a mom who was a police officer. Yes, I was a mom. I was a single mom for a little while um, and then got married and had some more kids. And uh, my husband is still active as a police officer now. Okay. That's a, a role. And by the way, I say this all the time. When I do the radio show, I use the term guys to describe the people that I work with. And that's that it covers men and women. That covers brothers and sisters. And and some people I know they get old men out of shape, Leah, because like nope. guys is male specific. No, I use the same term. I completely agree. It's way too much work to say guys and gals every time you talk. Isn't it funny? Men and women. And it, yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, I started on police work back in 1980. And back then, you probably weren't even born then. But back then, 
we had male, female, black, white, Jewish, Muslim, gay, lesbian officers, and no one cared. Yeah, yeah. It's the funniest thing because the media would tell you that we're such a closed society and that we don't tolerate anything like that. Oh, and by the way, we'll have this blue wall of silence and not back each other up. Uh, No, it was never like that. If I got into a brawl, Leah, and I needed help, I didn't care how big you were, how small you were, what color you were. If all you could do is grab a hand, jump in and grab a hand. It's all I ever cared about. Absolutely. As long as you're willing to get in there, I don't care who you are or what. Like where Exa- you come from. Exactly. It, there's a, well, we could talk about that mindset and, and the misconceptions that people have about policing in the United States forever and ever. But there's other things we want to talk about. You're also our editor at Law Enforcement Today. So you your email address is editor at lawenforcementtoday.com? Yes, sir. So if someone wants to write an article, they would send it to you. And you're the one who takes care of getting that published. I am, although we are quite a few weeks behind because of all the stuff that's happening right now. We're behind on submissions. But yes, I love reading people's work and people always want to have a voice and we want to have that voice. And, you know, sometimes they're scared because they don't want their name getting out there. They don't want their, if they're active, they don't want their department to get angry. But we have ways uh, we can publish under a pseudonym for them um, called Sergeant America because we want them to have their voice and we, we don't want them to live in fear of using that voice. Right. And I've had many guests on the show from the United States and Canada who are active duty law enforcement, and they use different names. And we yeah. didn't talk about their agency. Uh, it, it's not a free speech thing. People are so concerned with the First Amendment and free speech at work. Well, with police officers, you don't have that option. And yeah, it was absolutely. been that way before I was on the job. It'll be that way afterwards. When you work for a public service agency, you have to always be mindful what you say and what you post on social media as well. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're on video in uniform, like so many people are doing lately. Yeah, you know, I would. I would never do that. By the way, we were taught early on by the old timers, not in the academy. And I learned my lessons the hard way. Never trust the news media. Never. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got lucky. My dad um, was a police officer for over 20 years, and so he he had a few words of wisdom for me before I started. So I, I was a little lucky. Some of the lessons I didn't have to learn the hard way, he, he taught me. You're also a peer support advocate for the Wounded Blue? Yes, work with Serve and Protect and the Wounded Blue as a peer support and spouse support advocate. Where do you find the time to get all this done? Um, here and there. <laughs> I'm lucky that one of my kids uh, is a teenager, and so I can trust him with a little bit of responsibility with my younger kids. And so he can, we have five acres, so he'll take him down to the playground and I get some, some, some quiet time to call people I need to call or, or do what I need to do. I'm impressed. My wife jokes because she's like, you're always working. You never stop. You got to take time for yourself. And then I meet people like you. I have other guests on the show. And I'm like, man, I'm such an underachiever. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I think that sometimes that stuff is for me because that's what, you know, that's what I live for. I like helping people. I like making sure that I can't serve anymore as an officer, but I want to make sure that other people can and keeping them mentally healthy um, is what I can do to contribute to that. It's a great mission to have and it's sorely needed in this day and age and it's been needed for a very, very long time. I remember being a teenager reading books by a guy he was like a dinosaur compared to you. His name was Joseph Wamba. He was, I believe, oh, yeah. an L.A. cop. And he used to write about 
the, the mental health dangers it was never outright theme, but he would write about it in police work in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And this is still going on today. And I believe, personally, it's been turned up a notch or two or three or four with all the anti-police climate. Right, absolutely. And we're lucky-ish to be in a time where it's at least a little bit acceptable um, to have emotions and to display those emotions. And many departments, I will not say all, but many are starting to understand the importance of making sure that they have proper peer support groups for for their officers and and that they have the opportunity to talk about things they need to talk about without the risk um, of without that fear of losing their jobs if you want to get a hold of leah the very best thing you can do is go to letradioshow.com the contact us page you can contact her through law enforcement today right there the wounded blue how do they get a hold of you through that organization I have an email address with them. It's Leah, L-E-A-H, at woundedblue.org. And by the way, do you have like an email address for your children's books and everything else? Um, just pretty much through editor or um, Wounded Blue. Anything, any other way to contact me, you can also contact me for that. I don't have a specific email address. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. All right, we're going to talk to Leonaya more about her law enforcement career, what happened, where she's at now, and much more. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. In the podcasting world, there's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories. Don't believe me? Check. There's hundreds of them. But very few tell the stories of the heroes that fight horrific crime, whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens. So we decide to rectify that. We tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. That's right. It's called True Crime Fighters podcast. Do Google search. Subscribe today. Each episode is no longer than 15 minutes long. Also, be sure to search for and like us on Facebook. Search for True Crime Fighters Podcast. Return conversation with Leah Anaya. Leah is the editor of Law Enforcement Today. Let's go to letradioshow.com. She's also written a children's book, and she is a peer support advocate for the Wounded Blue and Server Protect as well. Did I miss anything? No, sir. You're also a mom and a wife. Oh, yeah, those two. <laughs> and you're, you're a former law enforcement officer. What is your, your status right now? Uh, I medically retired. I was injured, and so they kicked me out. <laughs> okay. That's kind of what happened to me. I was very, very old. I was 33 and uh, got uh, hurt in uh, a very violent situation, Leah. And I thought I sprained my wrist multiple surgeries later, a couple steel plates. They retired me and my police career was over very suddenly, very, very much not in a way that I wanted. Yeah. I was, I wanted to go my whole career. I wanted to do the whole 20 plus years. I wanted to be command staff. I, I wanted to do so much more. And I'll be honest with you, at the time I felt ripped off. Yeah, that's a common that's a common feeling and I definitely felt the same way and I didn't quite understand why I felt that way, but meeting other people that feel that way and have those feelings after they're medically retired basically, um yeah, it it makes it feel a little better you're not alone. <laughs> 
part of it is, and I, I kind of sense this with you, part of it is I, I felt embarrassed that when I say, you know, medically retired, there's a line of duty injury, and then people would ask a lot of questions, but it just didn't feel the same to me as like I did my full 20, 25 years, and you know what a big part of it was too? Was learning to be okay with that and then finding my new normal, what my new mission in life was going to be. Yes, everything you just said is absolutely true. Embarrassing because I'm not I'm not trying to play the male female card, but you know, I I did want to prove myself as a female officer. I wanted to make my dad proud. So he he was a very well respected officer at his agency and I worked at the same agency and I wanted to be I wanted to be the second generation awesome cop and so it was embarrassing. Um and then also, yeah, just like you just said too, it's I wanted to, I need to find a new purpose. That was my purpose and it was gone. <laughs> what was I supposed to do now without yeah. that? Yeah, I, I, I remember clearly thinking, what do you do with, with an old washed up, beat up cop? What do you do? What's he do, he or she do for a living afterwards? Right. And there's jobs, there's things that you can do. But, you know, looking, I did a lot of things, a lot of research. I met with a vocational counselor, I met with a local college counselor, and there was just, because I didn't finish my degree because I, I left to go to the army. So I would have had to completely finish my degree and then start from scratch somewhere. And while that is doable, it just was so daunting and so depressing to me because I worked so hard to get, I mean, you know, the academy and training and keeping up with that training. I worked hard where I was and it was stripped and it sucked. It was, and I've heard this from so many people, law enforcement officers, firefighters, other first responders, and military veterans whose careers were ended due to uh, medical conditions or, or injured in combat. And uh, they, they felt the same way. It's like, what do I do now? And first of all, I want people to understand this. As a retired police officer, a police sergeant in my case, I never had a problem getting a job or career. Everybody wanted me to work for them. I had to get over that mindset that that's all I was good at because so much of what we did in policing is actually just talking with people and actually a lot of it Leah was sales was saying hey selling people options you can stay here tonight enjoy your weekend or you can leave with us right there was so many different things we did and that translates directly into the civilian world as well Right, and people don't necessarily think that. I know I didn't when when I first wasn't an officer anymore. I was just like, I'm not good at anything else. It's the only thing I know how to do. And you don't think, well, how many different facets go into being a police officer? They expect us to be counselors. They expect us to be teachers. They expect us to, you know, all these things that we're supposed to be. Well, we have experience doing so many things. There's so many options that we can do. There is life after being a police officer, even it might not feel like it. Well, it's funny, and I use this as an example all the time. I've been working in radio. In addition to doing this show, I have a full-time music radio job. And my boss, every now and then, I'm sorry to dump this on you. I don't want you to get stressed out. And I'll look at him and go, look, no one's shooting at me. I don't have anybody's life on the line. This is not stressful. This is pretty easy. Yeah, have you seen stress? Do you know what stress is? This is fine, thanks. (laughs) Exactly. And I gave up a long time ago trying to explain to people who don't understand what law enforcement is like, especially for city police in a a high crime area, because I found that I didn't have the patience for it. Part of what I do with the Law Enforcement Radio Show is provide a platform for other law enforcement officers, 
other first responders, their survivors, their spouses, siblings, and victims of crime to tell their stories. Uh, and, and people are pretty receptive because have you found, like I, that the news media in Hollywood just doesn't tell them the truth? Oh, yeah, just a little bit. There's a little bit of bias there. <laughs> and that's part of what I love about being able to be a part of law enforcement today is that, one, we can tell what's actually happening. And two, we can explain to people who, through no fault of their own, they just don't understand. They just don't know, you know, what police go through. They don't know what we're thinking. They don't know why we're doing something or saying something. And then they get to see, hear all these people telling their sides of the stories, all these officers and officer family members. And that's what I love about this is that we can educate people and hopefully bridge that gap um, between people who don't understand and, and our police. One of the terms I hear quite often when I do that, and this is usually from people who have an agenda, and on social media, by the way, you can just search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show, but they'll say, oh, that's copaganda. Yeah. When it doesn't meet... When a story someone tells doesn't meet their criteria, what they think it should be, oh, it's copaganda. Yeah, that's that's a new one. I've, I've started hearing recently too the copaganda and everything. Everything's fake news or everything's just oh, it's just the far right bias. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing: not every police officer is a right winger. I'll tell you that, but they still are out there honorably doing their jobs, and they still, you know, are trying to be police officers and keep your community safe and and yeah that's that's a funny term that it is to funny because the truth is i don't think i've ever met a group of people who are as apolitical as police officers because quite honestly they see through both sides right and a lot of them honestly just don't care they just don't have the time to focus on or the energy to focus on politics they you know they want to go to work they want to help people they want to do their job and they want to spend time with their family and politics have nothing do with being a good service member. Well, I'm sure your dad, who was a career law enforcement officer, told you, beware of the news media and be very much aware of politicians. Yes, absolutely. He did. He did instill that in me, and I'm grateful for it. And I remember it to this day. <laughs> yeah. And when they say, off the record, you can tell me this. Oh, guess what? It's going to be front page somewhere, and you will be named, and the politicians will always, always, always throw you under the bus, even if you did nothing wrong. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours, the Law Enforcement Today radio show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. We're talking with our special guest, Leah Anaya, former law enforcement officer, retired, medically retired. And uh, she's also editor of Law Enforcement Today. She does a lot of things, including writing a children's book. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those suffering from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformation Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. 
got questions, they have the answers. At the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center, call 888-991-9725. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. Back to our conversation with Leah Anaya. Leah is a retired, medically retired law enforcement officer, a mom, a spouse of a law enforcement officer. She's written children's books. She's the editor of Law Enforcement Today. She's a peer support advocate for Serve and Protect and also the Wounded Blue. Uh, best way to get a hold of her is go to letradioshow.com, the contact us page, and send her a message. Let's talk about your, your law enforcement career. And we, before we end the break, we we're talking quickly about how the news media is so clearly biased in their reporting about policing. Back in my day, it was, they never got the story right, and it was somewhat biased. And I personally believe we've relied for too long on them to tell our stories, and they've done a horrible job. Now, it's just an absolute hatchet job. Yeah, they don't anything right and if they do get it right they change it so that it's not right exactly and, and part of the problem with that is and there's an overused term that uh, a lot of people use humanizing the badge look having worked in law enforcement i don't look at that way because we were all human we were all men and women doing the best we could under really tough situations and always trying to do a great job and then we had sergeants making sure we did a great job it wasn't like it was a piece of cake Humanizing a badge, in my opinion, is something that comes from outside of law enforcement, but it's something that we need to do more of, correct? Yeah, and that's part of what I was saying, why I like working with law enforcement today so much, because that is a great opportunity to bring these stories and to be able to tell people, hey, listen, we are human. Yes, we have a badge on. Yes, we have special training, but we're still people. And one thing that really stood out in my career, I will never, ever forget this. It was March 21st, 2009, and we had four officers in Oakland, California, throughout the day murdered. And uh, at one point, I was on perimeter, and there was a group of people, but one, one woman I will never forget. She was just so happy, and she's offering us cigarettes, and, oh, you want to celebrate? She's twerking. To, she climbed on top of a car and twerked toward, towards us, and people... You know, when they say, oh, this is a job they signed up to do, they signed up to be police, and if they die, well, that's what they signed up to do. That That's just that's just not right. Yes, I, I will, even as a not, not working officer anymore, yes, we will lay our lives down, but that doesn't mean that we're not human. That doesn't mean that we're just out there looking to die. And when people hear stories like that, they understand, they hear what is what people are actually thinking and how they're actually treating us out there and they realize oh shoot they do need we do need to support our police because that's not the treatment that they deserve and that's the treatment that unfortunately all around this country that's the treatment our officers are getting right now the truth is i hate that term they signed up they, they got what they signed up for or they knew what they signed up for i thought i knew i really did and i thought the academy prepared me for that but it didn't i had no idea the amount of violence that i would see 
the amount of violence that, that occurred uh, on a daily basis to people, the amount of trauma. And I had really no concept of how much violence would be directed towards me. And by the way, the day with the four Oakland police officers that were killed in line of duty, I had a, a, a wife of one of the officers on a uh, show telling her story about being notified, walking all the way through, uh, and what a catastrophic day it was for that department and her family. And and she's still, she's an advocate for helping the, the survivors of other officers killed in line of duty. So having said that, I, I can't personally imagine what it would be like to be working that day and to have four members. By the way, the woman who was on the show is Nicole Romans Hall, and her husband was a sergeant. Uh, sergeant Irvin Romans Irvin. was his name. Yep. Irvin Romans. Yep. I, I can't personally imagine what it'd be like to, to have that many people killed. And by the way, there were other officers injured that day, weren't there? There were. There was another officer shot. He just he was also on the entry team. And, you know, um, so much more went into that day that obviously, yes, our four brothers were killed. And that is obviously the worst thing of the day. But then there's so much behind the scenes. Like, for example, like I said, my dad was still working as an officer at that time, but he was um, on vacation, or he wasn't, I'm sorry, he wasn't working that day. And so I had to call him and say, you know, just make sure, hey, when you watch the news, I just want you to know it's not me. We have all these officers out there having to make sure their families are okay. Then we have the family members showing up, and we have to make sure they're okay. And then there's, you know, officers that have known these these men for 20 years, and we're having to make sure they're okay. And we were really lucky that we had other agencies, neighboring agencies, and help us with call load because I had to go write a stolen vehicle report. I couldn't just go home and cry like I wanted to. And then we were so shorthanded. I had to go, all of us, we all had to go back to work the next day and we don't get time to grieve. We don't get time to process what happened. And that's what adds to so much of our PTSD is that it's right back out there. It's right back to the violence. It's right to the hate. It never ends. It I tell people this. I really, I want people to think I'm a big tough guy. And the truth is I'm not. And I remember many times crying in my patrol car, uh, going to another call and then trying to get it together. And, and I never did it in public. People didn't see it. At, at police funerals, it was a different situation, but it was very emotional. And I was never allowed, I'm not gonna say I was perfect at it, but I was never allowed to have that stress boil over and, and take it out on someone else uh, on scene for another call. You can go from an absolute horrible murder scene with multiple victims, or like you said, the day four of your coworkers were killed in line of duty, they have to go handle routine calls and not be on your A-game. Right, you don't get to do that. You don't get to show up and just be just be grumpy. I mean, you know, you're grumpy to a call, you're an or you know, you're, you're not a nice person, and. I want a different officer because you don't know how to do your job. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm having a day. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't just say that. And I mean, sometimes you can. You can be real with people, but for the most part, you have to be this person that presents themselves in a certain way that people think that an officer should be presented. Well, sometimes I'm sorry, it's not realistic. The, your neighbor's leaves on your lawn. I'm sorry, that's not <laughs> that's not a huge deal to me right now. Yeah, I believe also I had another guest on the show. Mike Miguel Soto, I think his father was the Oakland, California police officer who was killed on line of duty. Yes, my my dad my dad knew him. Yes. So your your reach goes way back. Um, that's and by the way, the episode with Nicole uh, Romans Hall. Check it out. 
very enlightening uh, and a very inspiring person. And also the episode with Mike Miguel Soto uh, talking about when his dad, a career Oakland, California police officer, was killed on line of duty. Uh, he was notified, I believe he was 16, and he was camping with family members when he found out. And, and he still deals with the effects of it today. Yeah, and that's not surprising. I don't, I don't know him, but I did Nicole and what you were talking about, how she's an advocate for, for police and police mental health. She's such a lovely person, and she, I think she definitely understands the importance of because she kept in contact with so many people, and she sees what the, you know their lasting effects have been. This was you know years ago, and we're still dealing with the side effects. And I, they were my trainers. I didn't know them in a, on a super personal level, but like I said, there's officers there that have been friends with them for 20 years. And I think she understands the importance of continuous mental health care for police. I know what I have to do stories or a memory comes up about a good friend or someone I knew who was killed in a line of duty in police work. I get very emotional and it's been many, many, many years, decades. Do you find it to be the case with you? Yeah, I definitely do, especially um, with this all this violence taking place right now. I mean, I, just watching it, it's just Oakland all over again. Oakland, you know, with the Occupy riots and after Oscar Grant was shot, and it's just all the hate that's just being thrown at, at people. That was just every day for us. And I just, I hate that so many officers are having to go through this uh, na- everywhere, nationwide. Every officer is going through this right now. Even if their town supports them, they read the news. They see how people are treating their brothers and sisters and it it hurts and it's hard not to get emotional but so that's what i try to do with we're gonna take a short break we're talking with leah anaya the place to be online is our facebook page do a search on facebook for law enforcement today radio show you'll get access to unique news articles editorials and so much more that's law enforcement today radio show on facebook this is the law enforcement today show don't go anywhere we will be right back Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. I'm retired Baltimore Police Sergeant John J. Wiley, joined by Leah Anaya, a retired police officer, in Oakland, California, and I believe also was a Vancouver, Washington Police Department. Yes, sir. All right. By the way, the sir thing's got to go. You make me feel really, really. <laughs> it's <old>. habit. <laughs> uh, by the way, I don't get that at home. Uh, I it, no matter what rank I ever was in police work, I was always outranked by my spouse. Never mattered. Yeah, <laughs> that's my house too. Don't worry. But I, I somehow suspect that you are the high-ranking officer at home. Um, actually, by one number, he. Oh, at home, yes. At home, yes. At home, absolutely. Uh, Before we went to break, we were talking about Oakland. We're talking about the current anti-police climate. The news media loves to call these things peaceful protests. And I've had people say that to me. And I'm like, look, I fully support people's right to protest and assemble and to be heard. I fully support peaceful protests, like most cops I know. But what something starts off peaceful and it ends up with buildings being burned and people being attacked, it's a riot. It's not a peaceful protest. It Look, if I go for a drive and I wind up in a car collision, we don't call it a relaxing drive. We call it a car accident. Right. And part of the problem is that 
people are out there and and they're just doing whatever they want and police are told to stand down the politicians are are nothing less of backing them and, and calling them peaceful protests and when you continue to call rioting peaceful protests one it sends a completely wrong message to people who are not in these areas and don't get to see it firsthand and two it emboldens them and it empowers them to continue what they're doing I also feel, and I wonder if you feel the same way, that when they call this a peaceful protest and everybody sees that it's not, it actually it, it prevents people for, who have a legitimate complaint, who want to legitimately protest, from doing so because they don't want to be labeled the same way as these other people. Right. It definitely takes away from their message. And, and even when they are out there, if they do decide to give it a shot and they're out there and then they're joined by rioters, it kind of makes their message just look terroristic just like how the the, uh, the rest of them are acting and it, it is disappointing because like you said most officers we do support the first amendment do support their right to be out there protesting and we do want to help change whatever you know we're not close to police reform we, we're not we're not ignorant we do know that there needs to be some kind of change right now we've been advocating for it i, I work with the fop and, and we've been advocating for it for for years right um but but when people are out there you know, and they just are rioting and causing damage, just and attacking police. That's not the message that, that they should be sending. No, it's also blatantly unfair. Uh, for example, uh, the, the riots and protests in Wisconsin. Uh, I don't want to go into the name and details of, of the man who was killed. But the very next day, we have violent protests, violent riots, where they're trying and they attack police and they, they blockade the streets in Atlanta with cops who have absolutely nothing to do with this in a totally different state. Right. Well, that's how it's been since May 25th when it started with, you know, the officers in Minneapolis. Okay, well, what does Minneapolis have to do with Seattle? Why is Seattle setting up an autonomous zone with anti-police rhetoric because, you know, one officer somewhere else may have done something wrong? The investigation's not even started and they're already condemning police and that's what i'm saying the politicians are even condemning them before before the investigation even has a chance to begin they're out there making anti-police statements those politicians by the way are not on the line i've been on line in riots and it was never fun it's a horrible experience i can imagine for them as well but for me i can speak from my experience it was constant adrenaline for three, four hours just standing there and taking every kind of insult you can imagine. But what didn't happen, um, we had some rocks thrown, we had other stuff thrown, we died, we, we you know, evaded them quickly. But what didn't happen is what's happening nowadays. Frozen bottles of water, bricks, uh, baseball bats, bags filled with urine, bags mm-hmm. filled with feces thrown at police. And then they're told to not respond. There's something inherently wrong with that. The police commissioners, the police chiefs, the politicians, they're not the ones being pelted with this garbage and this human waste. Absolutely. And it's more, even more disturbing when it's, you look at the police chiefs and, and you say, listen, you've been there. You, you know what we're going through. How are you not standing up and saying, listen, this is not okay. You know, I've been there. I know what they're going through. I know throwing, I'm sorry, throwing balloons of on people how is that furthering your cause for justice please answer that for me it's not and and they should be the ones to stand up to the politicians because they have the voice they have the platform they have the ability and they should be saying this is not right and and some of them are like you see seattle's um um 
Carmen Chief Best. Best. Yeah, Chief Best. Yeah. Uh, she just she, she retired. She Absolutely, and I cannot blame her because what what they're asking her to do is impossible. How can you police a city while you're allowing something like that to to go on? You can't. There are certain rules we had, and I'm sure you had them the same in Oakland and Vancouver, uh, and. Uh, Nowadays, apparently, it's not the same. And the basic rules for policing that we were taught from day one was you treat everybody with respect until they change a tone of conversation. And they could say whatever they want. They could signify. They could do whatever they want. But the moment they threatened you uh, or put their hands on you, it was a totally different story. It was game on, as we would say. Um, And those rules seem to be turned upside down that... It appears to me, from the news articles, from video, from social media, that people think it's okay to assault police, like we said, with bags filled with urine and feces or, or bricks. And I, it's basic common law. You can't assault people. I just don't get it, Leah. Yeah, I don't understand either. And, you know, we're hearing police on the, on the lines right now, not even in, in riots, just police doing their normal jobs that people are unprecedented they're fighting back with police and they're starting at this level that just it doesn't need to be at and it's because they're again they're emboldened and empowered because no one's condemning this behavior no one's allowing it to be stopped and they're also not allowing the officers to respond right that that too it doesn't that definitely does not help if you put your hands on a police there should be repercussions plain and simple absolutely we could talk about all the tools have been taken away from police because of how it looks. Uh, that may be for another episode. Uh, a lot of what we've been saying needs to change in policing is being brought about by city councils, uh, state legislatures, and governors and mayors. And they're writing all these whacked out laws and demanding our officers go out there and enforce them. And then when things blow up, hey, the police are the bad guys. Let's riot. Let's defund them. Right. Absolutely. They're just attacking police in every available manner. And even if they're not available, they're going through the, the you know, the legislatures to try to make it available. And who, where, where are we going to find police? How are we going to have police after this? Nobody I, wants to be a cop anymore. Why I, would they want to? I have no answers for that. Um, but I do want to make sure we have time to talk about your children's book. What's it called again? It's Policeman Daddy. And where can people get it and buy it? It's tactical16.com. That's the publisher's Tactical 16. And you're also the editor of Law Enforcement Today. You can always send an email, editor at lawenforcementtoday.com. And Leah is also a peer support advocate for the Wounded Blue and Serve and Protect. Mental health, resiliency, treatment, prevention, so important. Tell people where to get more information about what you do and how they can help. Well, I want people to know that, first and foremost, it does not make anybody weak to reach out for help. To the contrary, it makes you strong. If you if you have any type of trauma or anything that you need to talk about, nobody's going to judge you. Most of these people have been through something similar. We're all injured, retired you know, police officers, and we're all here to help. There's uh, so many places. The, ones that, the two that I work with are serveandprotect.org and thewoundedblue.org. And they're very, both very near and dear to my heart, but there are so many places that people can go to seek help. And I just really want to encourage people to do that if, if they feel the need or encourage people around them. Um, if they see a sign that somebody may be depressed or, you know, dealing with some stuff, 
please speak up and please get them help. Good advice for all of our law enforcement, all of our first responders, our military, and everybody else as well. Uh, There's no shame in saying, hey, I could use a little hand. And by the way, the top athletes in the world, they'll have coaches, trainers, physicians, and teammates they rely on. So if they can do it, you can too. Leah, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. we got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com that's letradioshow.com I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. Got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.